0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Ethics
2: in football, we dug ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Ain't hey, no easy answers, but there's one thing I know. But now it's time to play that banjo. Football's our favorite, but won't you please take note? We see it's got some problems. We're all in the same boat. Reckoning with football's past, I reckon you better paddle
1: Welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. I'm your host Kevin Paul, joined as always uh, by my co-conspirators Andrew Stevens and Brian Scott Rippey. Um for, for those listening at home, Andrew has decided to go full J.R. Smith and just isn't wearing a shirt on the podcast. And we, I'm just, I'm just kind of confused as to why that stylistic of of choice was made, Andrew.
3: Um. So I've decided that on or much like the University of Georgia's offense, um, let's just have this thing go off the rails and uh, as quickly as possible. Um, I figured that the moment the chips were stacked against us, we will completely abandon our plan um, and things will go haywire. So that is what I've decided to do with um, our new our new segment entitled "Thirst Trapping" or "Thirst Trapping" an audio medium, uh, the Banjo Fifteen story. So. <laughs>
4: Oh, I got a quick question. Why does my name on this thing say Brave Rocketeer? Does someone else have the power to chat? change that? Because I don't believe I have because I also don't know what that
1: means. Is that one of the, like, default ones that they give you? Could be.
3: Uh, no, but uh, mine's just set up as my email. I figured that uh, you were the Brave Rocketeer that set up your own handle like that.
4: Okay. I don't even know what that means. I changed it again. Here we go. Let's roll. There we go. <laughs>
3: So, oh, we got a well, body Brave Rockets here. Could that be an ode to the Toledo Rockets? Are they even playing football this year?
1: Uh, yeah, the Mets the uh getting started up if they haven't already.
4: I, I was about was to. Say. Really November.
1: I think they just went straight into actual maction. You know how they have
4: the part of the season that no one cares about and then maction in November? I think that's what happened. Oh,
3: yeah, where man. they decide kids should play on like Saturday and then the, the following Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Smooth <laughs> transition. <laughs> All the yeah. way here for it So um,
3: so actually, so, uh, I was getting dogged for my uh, decaf coffee drinking Before we logged on uh, live to the air But I did want to bring up uh, a little bit of a story time Before we got into uh, whatever the meat of this stupid fucking podcast is going to be um, So I was in Atlanta just hanging out with some friends I figured that misery was going to love company On a weekend like this one's past um, and so got, got together to commiserate with uh, the, the fellow people who have suffered over the years with me. Um, and for some reason, the, my friend who I was staying with did not have a coffee maker at his house, which um, beyond me, in, in a non-pandemic, uh, maybe explainable, not in a pandemic or, or in a pandemic when you're working from home, uh, near serial killer level behavior. If uh, I, It's him and his girlfriend living there. So... Neither of them drink coffee, which just blows my mind So anyways, I drive to the closest gas station to get coffee And fill it up, it's one of those Seattle's bests I think that it's uh, legal, That's US requirement for every coffee uh, in America to be made out of the Pacific Northwest But I fill it up, it's like a thousand fucking degrees That lady from McDonald's, she was on to something, they, they fucked her over I drive back to uh, the house that I'm at, and I attempt to um, I attempt to get up and walk inside. While I do so, my stupid fucking oaf hands crush the entirety of the styrofoam cup or whatever, having hot coffee proceed to spill down every orifice of my lower body. I am like hooting and hollering <laughs> in the worst of ways in this car on a friday morning and i look up and i notice so my first reaction is i am i have ripped my pants off because it it, it is like i'm feeling these like joggers like surgically attaching to my legs via this hot coffee and as i'm pulling my pants down in the middle of my car in this residential street i notice that some of the local work or uh Uh, school from home children are on their uh, mid-morning break playing soccer in the street. So I am halfway up out of my car, pants fully off with just a gaggle of neighborhood children uh, sitting around. And so I had to uh, put a towel on, put my hot pants back on, and then saunter into the house. And so I figured that was just a good metaphor for the way that the weekend was eventually going to go.
1: If anyone's wondering, um, this is, this will be Andrew's last episode. We have a strict, no sex offender policy here on Banjo CFB. I a, red a dot.
4: Wait, what's up, Riff? I said, that'll earn you a red dot. Yeah. I, <laughs> had,
3: I had to go to all of his, uh, all of his neighbors after and give them a, a little four by six piece of card stock.
4: <laughs> so, so, right like you would not think about it naturally but no no no.
3: i mean like dude i was scr- I, I i mean y'all can't see i have i have like on my leg where i guess the initial contact point made there is a literal like burn boil like a, like a probably one inch long by half inch wide like fucking looking melanoma cancer spot looking thing on the middle of my thigh now it's yeah. fun yeah, yeah it's, so. it,
1: sounds, it sounds fine so well, folks um you know obviously a uh, Pretty eventful week in college football last week. You know, we got it kicked off on Wednesday with a thrilling win by Coastal Carolina over Louisiana Lafayette. Um, Later on, you know, we had Clemson just tearing Georgia Tech into pieces. uh, Miami outlasting a pesky pit squad. And, you know, of course, the highlight of the weekend, uh, Auburn beating been losing the South Carolina thirty to twenty two. I don't think there were any other games that happened this past weekend. Did y'all uh, did y'all happen to catch any of them?
3: Fortunately,
4: no.
1: <laughs> I actually did not either. I was on a uh, a bunch
4: of college buddies took a golf trip to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and stayed out like in this property in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I did not watch a snap of Old missus game. I can't tell you the last time that happened. Probably one of the Houston Nut two thousand eleven games.
1: But, That's probably one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life, Rippy.
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kept getting texts. Because on the like two four seven pod I do. I've been just standing Matt Corral left and right doing a victory lap, and I kept getting texts. And like they were like, he threw six picks, and I was like, well, they don't literally mean six picks. And then drunkenly in my room <laughs> that night, I- uh-huh. <laughs> it was quite literally six
1: interceptions. <laughs> When I heard uh, six picks, I thought it was like three, four max. I, I didn't know he actually got up to the six number. Six. That's tough one.
3: Yeah, Rippy, um, I, I think the uh, Georgia and Ole Miss shared similarities because it would appear that uh, half of the metro-based Atlanta, uh, Georgia offense decided to mentally spend their weekend on the Mississippi Gulf Coast as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, so that's actually the one football game college-wise I watched this weekend was Georgia-Alabama. Because, like, obviously down there, can't really do a whole lot. So one of our buddies from down there, we cooked ribs at his parents' house uh, out on the back porch and watched that game. And uh, as someone who may or may not have had interest in it, first half was awesome. Second half, not so great. But, wow, that got out of control quickly.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just here to say obligatorily, because I did not tweet it, um, but, you know, if me, um, you know – three Badgers, excuse me, uh, and uh, seven Crocodiles that could stand up on two feet played on Saturday night, we'd have scored as much in the second half as the University of Georgia Bulldogs did.
3: You, you know, I no one's actually going to believe me when I say this, but, like, I, I truly did appreciate that we didn't just get our whole like, – <laughs> I'm actually glad we scored zero points as opposed to 14 points in the second half. It, but I, I woke up on Sunday morning, and of course, um, the the towing the company line of this is now a fake season; it no longer matters. Um, I, I truly did wake up, and I was like, you know what? I'm definitely bummed about the way that game went, but like, I am so conditioned to wanting to. Walk into traffic after we play the University of Alabama. That like a seventeen point loss where it was like, you know what we we showed some good things, but it just ultimately wasn't our day. Like I was okay with it. It, Had Stetson Bennett come out and
1: and been six two, set the world
3: (laughs) on fire. Yeah, done that. That would be fucking awesome. And now I got to watch him and Drew Brees play in back to back weeks. Fucking (laughs) amazing. Um, but uh, no, that, that had he come out and set the world on fire in the second half again, and then we would have just ended up in another situation where we would have lost 35 to 31 because uh, Devonta Smith scores an 89 yard touchdown with 14 seconds left or whatever. Um, no, I, I would not have made it back. Uh, from Atlanta in one piece. And so I legitimately do appreciate Stetson Bennett uh, laying a turd in his hands in the second half and at least like letting me to decline into that loss gracefully.
4: It, that's oh. how to go on. No, I was just going to put, I mean, y'all two would know better than I, just macro thought here. Like how does this end up long-term? Because at what's other program in this SEC has played Alabama I guess to that level over this amount of time now. This is four years,
1: four, five. It's we spent third meeting. It was his third meeting in four years. but And
3: he's, he's, been, he's been outscored 68 to 17 after halftime.
4: So, like, but on that note, like, Ole Miss had their two blip years under freeze. And then the next year was, well, I guess they played him close that third year, but it fell off a cliff after that. Kirby's clearly not falling off a cliff. Like, how long does this go? Do they, does Alabama, does does Georgia lose by seven to 10 points? Either, I guess they don't play each other every year, but presumably in Atlanta most years. Like, does this happen for a decade and a half?
3: Uh, I'll say this. Uh, Like, I truly, uh, this sounds dumb because this was the largest margin of victory that, that Georgia has lost by in these meetings, but like, there was this weird sense that like I didn't feel like I felt like Georgia beat themselves more than Alabama beat them. Like the other, the other one, like, the, the, the uh-huh. thing, the things that I said in after the 17 and 18 game was like, it felt like it was an action movie where you cornered the villain an hour into the movie where it was like, we all know this shit isn't over. Like this one was like, you're up 24 to 10 or 24 to 20 at halftime and then as a, a, a instead of saying we're going to run the ball when and do exactly what we've done when things get down they decided to go to their fourth string quarterback and say come on son let it rip 40 times and so i i don't know if this is a georgia t- this particular <laughs> georgia team can ever beat alabama but i do know that this fourth string quarterback was not the plan all along. Like JT Daniels coming in was the reason Newman transferred out. And it's, I mean, then the drop off between Mathis or him and then Mathis and Bennett is just seems to be oceans. And so like, I I guess I wasn't ever anticipating Stetson Bennett, the fourth going into Tuscaloosa and winning. And that's not saying JT Daniels can But I think the difference in these two teams right now is like solely at one position, if that makes sense. And so if Georgia can fix that one position, it's the most important position on the field. I I feel like those screws can be tightened a lot.
1: For sure. For sure. But it's like the gap right now is so wide because obviously, like you said, Stetson Bennett did do some good things in Tuscaloosa, you know, even outside of those three picks. But he is a five eleven, physically limited former walk on. Um, Mac Jones is either, depending on your perspective, first or second in the Heisman race right now. So it should Alabama and Georgia play again. Is JT Daniels like going to be able to play at that level? Um, because I, I personally think that you know Pickens is you know super talented, but you know outside of him, I don't think Georgia just has the playmakers at receiver personally to ever. You know, keep it within 10 points against Alabama. And they're great and they play them tough. I think that's the toughest anyone's going to play Alabama all regular season, personally. Uh, but you know what I, top- I don't like. My biggest
3: issue was like they had eight tip balls at the line. That doesn't happen if your quarterback isn't five foot three. Uh and and second, like the 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 sequence at the end of the first half was kind of my biggest thing. Georgia literally beat Bama. On from the five yard line, three plays in a row. It was wide open miss to the tight end, wide open miss to the wide receiver, and then touchdown to the same wide receiver on the same play. And so and then they were averaging five and a half yards a carry before that. And so I don't think like where where Alabama's offense can just go completely over the top on Georgia's defense. I think if Georgia's offense can slow the game down enough, you just expand that margin of victory where you don't have, like, there's no, there's going to be no situation in which you go minus two in the turnover battle and win. You may not even be able to go plus one in the turnover battle and win. But I would like to see where you don't force a fourth string quarterback to do too much on the road and just say, like, let's fucking, like, like, Georgia is the king of making games ugly as shit against teams that they have no business beating and against teams that they have no business losing to and so i guess that was my biggest problem with the way that they ran the second half was like now y'all get afraid to fucking make this thing ugly like it makes no sense to me do they meet again look I, i'd be shocked if they don't uh,
1: uh right now obviously that's the as favorite i would predict that to happen but I'm really interested to see what happens if Florida goes up 14 nothing in the first quarter um, so against really Georgia. Because Alabama's
4: making it, right? Like they're, they're going to yeah. be, that that's really what the better question is.
3: I mean, maybe, maybe, again, this is going to be one of those things where, like, I, like this is the, the exact same situation that Georgia and, uh, Alabama have been in is sort of the same way I see Florida and Georgia right now is like, I think that the team that is not favored and the team that hasn't won recently can win, but I'm not really going to believe it until I see it. And so like, sure, Georgia could lose to Florida, but it's one of those situations where it is this, the Florida team, the Florida team that just had 41 hung on them by A&M. Like, is this the Florida team that gets it done with, Again, if, if we're going out there starting fucking uh, Stetson, Stetson fucking McBiscuits the 47th, and I, I don't know what we're going to be able to do. But <laughs> if, if we can start anyone that might be mild, if JT Daniels can get over whatever this knee lesion is, I don't like the sound of that, then we might be all right.
1: My, my biggest question is, is what if AM is just good, right? Because I think that's what we're all sort of wondering. If A and M just happens to be good and they just got beat down in Tuscaloosa, but outside of that, they're a good football team. I, I don't know. Like maybe A and M's mid and Florida is like actually a fraud team. Maybe A and M's good and Florida just went up against a good team on the road and lost by three. Who, who knows?
3: I mean, so so if we're if we're saying I'm I'm willing to say that A and M is good, but I think then you have to make the same assumption that Florida is then no better than good. And I think I would say that Georgia is probably a little bit better than good right now. I mean, if you are not playing, like if you're playing any other offense other than Clemson or Alabama, probably that doesn't call. Like, if Kirby is allowed to stay in the control of the pace of the game, you can pretty much beat anybody. But the moment that he goes up and he feels that he can't keep up offensively that's when things start to get scary. You saw it in Baton Rouge in 2018. You saw it against LSU in 2019. And then you saw it um, again over the weekend. And so I, I think as long as Kirby, like I think Kirby feels comfortable that, we can just run the ball down Florida's throat. We can do whatever we want. We'll score 30 points, and our defense won't give up 30 there. It's when he starts getting into those modes of like, shit, can we hold this team under 40? We really got to go, 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 and you really just get out of your element.
1: If only like there was a young, dynamic quarterback that was on the roster in 2018 that could you know, sort of yeah. mitigate all these issues. You're
3: saying someone with Ohio State ties, like yeah, but, former Ohio State commit Duan Mathis?
1: Exactly, ex- exactly. Exactly what okay. I was thinking of.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is, I think that's the answer. I, I think his, what, 5 of 14 performance in week one, leading us to get down uh, 10 to 5 at halftime against Arkansas.
1: Yeah, perfect. Uh, perfect. Maybe Arkansas
0: is good. <laughs>
1: maybe Arkansas is good. They, they should have been 10 and 1. Arguably. Yeah, Arkansas should be 3-1 and one going into a game uh, in College Station against a and which is wild to think about. Like, they could presumably...
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day,
0: Visit SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery.
2: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day.
0: I mean, that's got – I mean, if
4: how many – I don't even know what, like, you gauge SEC coach of the year by, but, like, Pittman wins two more games, doesn't he get it in a landslide? That would be – well, now, see, now you got my brain on all the pretzel. They're not actually three and one. Three more games. If Arkansas gets to five wins, does he not win coach of the year in a landslide? I don't think – I don't know how you give it to anyone else. Do you think? I think- that may be the case at four, depending on who it is and how it looks.
3: And I think if he wins Coach of the Year, then you have to have some mercenary go kidnap Chad Morris for what he did to that program.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Auburn beat writer last week. I, um, I can't remember exactly who it was, but when Auburn went to get, when Auburn and Arkansas were about to play, like like one of the players, the reporter was quoting one of the players on offense, and was like, "Yeah, it's definitely personal for Chad Morris. It's like, dude, you got paid a fortune. You went what four and eighteen? And now some career offensive line coach whose like most notable phrase is saying, yes, sir, in the most annoying fashion possible. It's cool. Is, <laughs> but is, is winning games at a regular basis. I mean, didn't he won? He now has double the SEC wins that Chad Morris had in his entire tenure, right? Chad Morris had zero. Chad Morris had zero. Yeah, okay, so is that double or triple? I'm not a math guy. It's, would want in, in, a, it's, it's infinite more ways. Okay, that's, the, that's the term we're going to go with. With the same players and Felipe Franks at quarterback. Like, that, God, saw a guy, I had some TV dude on last week, and he's like, this roster is really no different at all. I mean, we, we just have to come to, like,
3: the conclusion that, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson was just really, really good. Chad Morris was never good.
1: Yeah, Deshaun Watson and Taj Boyd. He had Taj Boyd and then Deshaun Watson. It's like, yeah. Deshaun Watson was actually Deshaun
4: Watson. That's like his biggest – I wonder if he says that in a job interview. It's like, I was at Clemson before Clemson was cool. No,
3: because, because I watched a game in 2014, uh, Deshaun's freshman year, where he uh, played Cole Stout the entire game. And Deshaun Watson came in and scored two touchdowns and two drives, got benched again, and they lost by 24.
1: I I, I think uh, Arkansas is one of the most – I mean, I don't even think it's one of it. I think it's the most interesting school in the SEC because when you're hiring a coach, there's two schools of thought. Like in almost any other universe – saying like, you know what, let's hire the head coach at SMU to be the head coach at Arkansas. That normally makes sense, right? He's got Texas recruiting ties. Um, You know, he's hopefully, you know, pretty innovative and resourceful.
3: Probably very good at illegal activities. Exactly,
1: which is, you know, that's Arkansas's whole shtick, you know, going back to their Southwest Conference days. And then the other school of thought is, you know what, let's just hire a position coach that was here for a while and gets it. And you see how those two situations played out completely differently. I mean, people in Arkansas expect to be competitive in games now. Like when when Bama goes up there and plays, like, yeah, Bama's probably gonna win by a lot, but I, I mean, Arkansas can expect to do some good things in that game, and that just hasn't been the case there in, you know, four or five years.
4: That game, like, it wouldn't be totally shocking. If it's if it's like a hollow 10 points at halftime and then it extends out to 28 or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like 21 10 at halftime. Final score, I don't know, 41 21. Like, that would make sense to me against Arkansas. That's how far they've come. And they offered, so which speaking, I guess, it might be a decent
4: segue. Again, didn't, didn't I? Lie. This is actually the one game I had on my phone in the golf cart. Was Auburn, South Carolina, for bits and pieces of that morning. So Auburn is a like a Bo Nix like got, gift from God. Talking about the backwards pass that apparently was not a backwards pass. Away from being
1: one and three, yeah, one and three, yeah, yeah. They're one. they one bad call away from being one and three. So
4: pandemic aside, like, wouldn't it be poetic? If Gus gets fired in the year that No one gets fired because there's no money.
1: Well, Auburn's gonna. Auburn will find the money. If we know anything about the Alabama Polytechnic Institute, they will find the money.
3: iPhones. iPhone 12 is coming out. Tim Cook will figure something.
4: I mean, what happens? Like, how far does this slide? Like, what happens if Ole Miss beats them next week? Because again, without having watched really live a snap of that Ole Miss game and Corral having that game that he has, it wouldn't really stun me at all that if, because as bad as that Ole Miss game was, you know they had what nine turnovers? You had that and two, two, three fumbles. So you had nine turnovers, and it's a one-score game with five minutes left. It's like that aside, the defense played pretty well. What happens if they lose this and this completely goes in the gutter? Like, are we going to see a midseason firing in a pandemic? That would be sweet. Did you see nine turnovers? Yeah, so, so Corral fumbled. You had the six picks. Corral fumbled once. Someone else fumbled, so it was at least eight. I think it was nine. Let me double check this. I think it was had nine turnovers. And that was a five, game with five minutes to go.
3: I don't think the Saints had ten turnovers all of last season.
1: <laughs> I just, I, I just think that you know Auburn's such a. It's so weird in Auburn. I think if they were ever going to fire a Gus, it would be in a a nine and three season where they lose to Georgia and Alabama by like a combined forty. Like Again,
3: yeah, no, <laughs> done. They don't because uh, a, a, as a school that has been forever predicated and built on nothing but chaos, they like. Like Auburn is the team where I I talk about this with my NBA friends a lot or friends that are big NBA fans, where it's like, all right, would you rather have a team where you win one title and then you are just like barely making the playoffs or, or missing the playoffs for the next nine years? Or would you rather like consistently be good, like be like the Portland Trailblazers or something, like second round conference finals, maybe on a crazy year you make the finals, but like you're always extremely relevant? Auburn is taking that one title and then just absolute scorched earth, buyout, calling England a fine bomb from hell nine years every single time. Like they want absolutely no semblance of normalcy or consistency. They want that rocket high and then that heroin crash come down.
4: Sorry, I'm an alarmist. It was only seven turnovers. Only seven turnovers.
1: Oh, got it. But yeah, it's like like I said, Auburn's going to—they're f- not going to fire Gus this year, just because I think it's just bad optics. And you know, if they can spend, I don't know, eighteen million instead of twenty-one million to fire him, they will. But it's going to be a situation where he's nine and two going into the Iron Bowl, and they lose like forty-five to thirteen, and that's what <laughs> that's what's going to get him fired.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, four and seven and beating Bama keeps your job. Now,
1: yeah, it's incredible. So I, I do want to talk briefly about, you know, another conference that's starting up this weekend. Wait, hold on, Tara. Uh,
3: hold on. Uh, so before – can I can I jump in and make one last SEC point? Yes. Um, so I, I'm going to ride this take that the Florida COVID um, situation is going to keep Ed Orger on his job. Because I, after what we saw from the University of South Carolina beating Auburn – Um, I think that they show that one, they're a competent enough program, but two, I I don't foresee them beating Auburn and then LSU in back to back weeks, but there, there was a situation out in the ether that I think could have occurred where LSU drops to one and three after losing to Florida. And then they go into a South Carolina team that actually looks competent. And then the wheels are fucking off. Then you're one and four with literally your hardest games on the schedule coming up. And that's where we get into one and nine, two and eight territory. But I just have this sneaking suspicion that LSU is going to figure it out now after a bye week and beat South Carolina. And like Rippy said, get it back to that like four and six level of respectability. So we won't actually be able to clown them and have O enter twenty twenty one on the hot seat
1: yeah i I don't think oh gets fired this year in any universe, but I do think if they're three and seven and they start next year like two and two then he's probably out of there which is insane to think about i mean he's chiswick he's gene I mean we talked about it at length on this pod. he's gene Chiswick. <laughs> so well, going well, forward our um our our brothers to the north um, you know the the mighty warrior poets of the big Ten start football this weekend. And I do just want to say how hilarious it is that Nebraska, you know, kind of the leaders of the charge to reinstate football for this season, you know, they basically just annoyed the the professor for extra credit all semester. And the professor was like, you know what, fine. Write a 30-page paper on this obscure topic, and then I'll give you five bonus points. And Nebraska said, yes, sir. And now they start the season at Ohio State.
3: Yeah, they're 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 actively forty eight hours out looking how they can plagiarize this uh, without. Um, <laughs> out.
1: And then the
4: fact that there's no people in the stands, they're probably looking at like the way this thing has to be written and being like, "eh, like that doesn't look so terrible." You can yeah. imagine, imagine losing to Troy
0: within the last them.
3: five years, and then having a season that could possibly be canceled, and saying, "No, no, 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 no." We want to get back out there and compete.
1: (laughs) But I, I, I did want to talk briefly about, you know, obviously Ohio state's the big bully in that conference and there's no reason to think they won't win it. But I do think it's interesting, you know, who can basically be that second banana in the league and all signs point to Penn state, basically just based on recruiting. And I think they have the second best coach in the league, but I want you guys opinions. It's like, what's, I don't know. What will it take to be the second best team in the Big Ten this year?
3: Oh, oh, very easy. Uh, Lacks COVID protocols. Making sure that you have all 85 scholarship players available.
4: Yeah, that or with, like Wisconsin just like not fucking things up and just running 90 times a game. I don't know. Like, I don't even think they're supposed to be that good, but like, That
3: I guess my question is now that we're in a fake season, why are we even talking about this? (laughs) Ended on Friday night,
1: you know. And I'm really looking forward to Andrew's fake season bit happening until four minutes ago in the fourth quarter against Florida when they're up 25 to 13, and then the season being back on.
3: And then the season will be back on until the SEC championship, and we know how this goes. All right, hold on. I don't mean to keep fucking dragging everything back to the SEC, but I will say we are having a, a Big Ten guest on on uh, next or an episode later this week, so we will have a very Big Ten centric. Can we please, uh, we, we can get back to this, or I, I don't know, but we have to talk about Nick Saban had the coronavirus, or Nick Saban tested positive for the coronavirus since we last recorded and then coached a game 72 hours later. Rules are
4: made.
3: The rules, rules don't matter. Rules are fake. Whose line is it anyway? gif.
4: It's just, like, too predictable. Like the, you know, like we joked about it as soon as it came out. It's like, how, how quickly does this become a false positive? And then what do you know? I knew, I know Kirby would have coached too. I understand that's how this works, but like, I don't know
3: if Lane Kiffin would have been, been able to coach. I know Derek Mason wouldn't have coached. Like it, it, it's just like truly not unbelievable because it is the most believable thing that there is, but like just so amazing that we, like, this is one of those uh, opportunities where like your, you uh, I don't know, it, Like it's hard to be a moral person if you never go into a situation where your morality is questioned, kind of. And then this, this is kind of like the SEC saying, shockingly, we're going to be the moral entity or the ethical entity or yada, yada, yada. And the moment that they were mildly presented with... Um, Something where it like majorly affected revenue. They were like, oh, actually, no, never mind. We, we, we need to figure out a way to make this thing go away immediately. But since it's very public, we need to make sure that it is uh, going away very publicly immediately.
1: I will say it, it is interesting that, you know, obviously, I, I, I don't think I agree with the protocol set forth. But it feels like it was a universally agreed upon protocol that I don't think anyone knew that they would have to implement. It's like when they all agree. It's like, oh yeah, if you test positive, but you get three negative tests 24 hours apart immediately after, you can declare it a false positive. I'm sure everyone just said like, oh yeah, sure, okay, that sounds fine. But when Nick Saban gets it, it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, whoa, whoa, why, why did we agree to this? <laughs> why is this the well, rule? And that would guess- be the case for anyone. But I think guys like Saban, Kirby, even Den Mullen, you know, might be the third best coach in the conference. It's that's when you're just like, why the hell did we agree to this? <laughs>
3: I guess I'm, what I'm wondering is if if Alabama's third string tight end would have tested positive, I don't think he's dressing out for the game.
1: Probably not. But again, if he gets, not, if he gets three straight negatives, he might. You know, it's yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is I,
3: I understand Nick Saban is not a normal person, but I I, I guess that is my point is that like. We don't have, I I don't think we have standard protocols. I I, I do think that some people need to quarantine more regularly and some people are going to be given, like, God forbid, the incubation period for this thing is supposed to be five days. So like, there is a chance that could have tested positive, negative, 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 positive again. I mean, that's like theoretically within the realm of this disease that we know very little about possible, right?
1: I mean, of of course, very possible, but I think three negative tests, all 24 hours apart, conducted by a conference-agreed-upon lab is, I I don't know. I'm not saying Nick Saban should have coached. It was kind of mind-boggling to me that it ever happened. I was fully prepared for Sarkeesian to lead the team out of the tunnel, but it's – I mean, if if they agreed upon it, then it's like, I don't know. I don't think other coaches should be complaining about it when – they presumably play by the same rules. My mind
4: went elsewhere. It was like, do you have this situation where like, oh, that drug test is this week. Somebody get this kid a Wizinator or, you know, I don't know, a roommate's clean pee. That, that type of situation going on.
3: Yeah. And, and I know this sounds me very like Georgia fan, like – mad about the win but I mean to be completely honest I don't think we would be to see Steve Sarkeesian coach team so like it's not really from that perspective and from the very admitted this same thing would have happened to Kirby no like he's the only other coach in the conference that I know without a doubt that this uh care would have been gone into or attention would have been given to um this sort of false positive but I ultimately like recognize that it's probably not the most unsafe thing in the world uh, that he is doing this. But I-, I think my major qualm is just like with the protocol for the conference is just like, if we know it's a five-day incubation period for the disease, then why do you only need three negative tests after a positive test? Shouldn't you need five negative tests? Like it seemed, it seemed very convenient that we all found out about this within the seventy-two hours before the game. If that makes sense, like like it just seemed very convenient that Nick Saban was positive. There were eighty hours before the game, and he needed to have the the SEC protocol just happened to be that he needed three negatives. 24 hours apart which would have allowed him to get the third negative eight hours before kickoff
1: yeah I, 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 I think Andrew's just become the joker here which is the the main takeaway Take <laughs> from this episode folks that was banjo 15 thanks again for listening as always like subscribe rates five stars um, leave any review whatsoever uh folks any parting shots
3: I dare you uh, no. Um, again, fake season until Florida, then real season, and then uh, fake season after December 19th. So just want to get it all straight. Timeline down.
4: Looking forward to Maxion.